everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia Bramley. As you would have seen in the title, I'm being very provocative today, I think, by saying don't have kids. And, you know, back in the day when I was an actor, I did this monologue. It was Glenn Close in her role as, I think, Patty Hughes or something in this series called Damages. And in her role as this lawyer, this really, really cutthroat, intimidatingly effective lawyer role, she says to a young lawyer, kids are like clients. They want all of you all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my son. Loves nothing. Loves easy. They come out of you. You love them. What you do after, that is the hard part. Now, why am I telling you all this? Am I really seriously advocating to not have kids? You guessed it, probably not. What I do want to get at is this greater idea of women and distraction. Now, we've all heard the studies about multitasking and about how women and men are hardwired for different specialties and different talents, maybe even. And there's a lot of controversy about these studies, about the findings. Then these findings often get revised depending on which year you're looking at them. They're often driven by a certain political agenda, maybe, certainly a financial one. But whatever it is, I think we've come to the decision that yes, women and men, whether nurtured or nature, nurture or nature debate, they are different in how they go about life. And today I want to look at this whole idea of how we as women, because of how we operate and how we were raised and how we were wired, we get distracted very easily and so very often lose ourselves within that. So as you might have guessed, this isn't just about not having kids. It's not about being distracted by just kids, it's spouses, it's volunteer work, it's all the care work we do in this world, all these jobs, and more importantly, these responsibilities have brought us to a place where we no longer are able to pull back from these ties, to pull back from these connections, these relationships. And this is where our biggest strength as it is so often the case, becomes one of our greatest weaknesses. And that is that we are, and you've heard it very often, hardwired for connection. All human beings are. It's just that women or women-identified people are particularly good at it. We're really good at stepping into connection. We have less reservations maybe sometimes about strangers, about building community, about recognizing where there's a need and then stepping in to fill that. Whether we've been raised to do so, whether it's nature, I really don't even want to go into that debate. I know that this kind of discussion lends itself to it, but I don't think it's helpful for what I'm trying to speak about today. So we're hardwired for connection. We're able to do several things at the same time and manage people situations, caregiving, whatever it is, really well while also taking care of other things. That is my first point that I would like to make, that while we are able to do a lot of things at the same time, to manage different conflicts, opinions, tasks in our lives at the same time, that doesn't mean we should. 
So it used to be back in the day when my son was really small, he was, you know, only just barely started walking. I would have my son on my hip, my left hip. On the right side, I was talking to my best friend on the phone and sort of having the phone between my shoulder and my ear. And with my hand, my other hand, my free one, I was stirring something in the pot. So I was cooking, holding my son, and talking to my best friend at the same time. Now, that alone is magic. I I love this magic that women are able to do, that we are able to manage these different tasks. But that doesn't mean we should, because what the result is, of course, something that we all know. We get really tired. At the end of the day, we we feel like we've done a lot of things a little bit, and it becomes this scattered, fragmented way of operating each day. So to just sort of look at all the things we're doing simultaneously and to maybe pull back a little bit from those and see, where am I in this whole thing? I've got like this whole web of connections and activities around me and I want to be mommy spider in the middle of it, but I'm kind of fragmented in all different directions. So to just sort of keep pulling back from that a little bit and wondering, even if I'm not doing anything about it right away, wondering, where am I in all of this? And I'll come back to this idea of pulling back at the end of this episode, but just to sort of keep that in mind as we go forward. And then, of course, because I'm looking at men and women with this, I would really like to use men as an absolutely positive example of how we might be able to do this. How can we pull this off? And I've noticed this many times that when men have a mission or they have a plan, it doesn't have to be this big thing, but whatever small thing they're doing, they take it seriously and they'll go for it. So I was just thinking there was, it's a while ago now, there was this guy and he's talking about this app that he wants to create. I mean, everyone's creating an app these days, right? So that already tells you something like me, I'm thinking everyone's creating the app. But this guy is like, I don't even know what this app was supposed to do. It didn't seem particularly helpful to me. It didn't seem particularly important that this app get created. But that is not what the guy thought. This guy was all over this app. He really he was going to get this thing going. He was already connecting to the right people to put together the technology, the marketing plan. And he was taking this and himself within that context very seriously. And I thought to myself, if I had an app, let's just use the app as that project that I wanted to create, I'd have a million excuses of why it's not going to work and why it shouldn't be me doing it. And so the question begs to be asked, why do I do that? Why don't I take myself as seriously as this guy with this app that me, who doesn't know much about it, let's face it, that I thought was very silly. Like, what the hell? What the, nobody needs this app. But what I loved about him was that he took it seriously, that he was going about it, that he was doing the research, he was putting in the legwork, and he was going to do this app. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if this app ever took off or not, but I loved the earnestness and the single-mindedness with which he pursued what seemed to me a very silly undertaking. So maybe to look at the men, and I know I'm speaking stereotypically here, I realize that there are different kinds of men, different kinds of women. So please forgive me for being very broad strokey in my comparison. But I would like to look at men and see why I shouldn't copy their behavior. Where can I also take myself a lot more seriously with my projects? Maybe I'm writing a book. Maybe I'm creating an app 
for children, whatever it is. Maybe I am looking towards getting a promotion that is definitely due and that I definitely deserve, but maybe I'm negotiating all the reasons why I shouldn't. No, let's take ourselves seriously with whatever mission it is that we are trying to pursue. And I'm not saying I do this very well. I need a good, solid kick in the ass to do some things. (laughs) But I'm learning, right? I'm learning to take myself seriously. And another question that comes up when we start to take ourselves seriously is the question of responsibilities we already have. Because if we start to take ourselves very seriously, some of those are going to have to go. And that is not so easy for us. Maybe we could, however, as a first step, ask ourselves this one question first. What would we do if we weren't taking care of others? So keep in mind, I've referred to this in one of my episodes way back. I'm trying to remember now which title it was. Maybe I'll pop it into the show notes. But I talked about this book called Invisible Women. And it talks about all the invisible, unpaid-for labor that we perform globally and how much that contributes to the gross national product every year of every nation. But what would we do, because it isn't our responsibility to decide this, if we weren't taking care of others? What is that one project that you would be working on right now that you feel called to bring into this world if there weren't these elderly parents, if there weren't these small children, Or if there weren't this spouse that takes up a lot of time because maybe she or he is just very attention-grabbing or, (laughs) worst-case scenario, a narcissist. Hey, go back to those episodes. I talk about those people as well. But looking at what we would do if there weren't all these responsibilities doesn't mean you drop the ball on everybody. But to just open up the mental space, who would I be? What do I feel called to do in this world? Because newsflash, this is something a healer said to me many years ago. She said, Ricardia, you're not just here to serve others. Yes, you're a mother. Yes, you're a wife. But that is not your singular purpose in this life. I thought that was really important and very helpful to me going forward. Piggybacking on this idea, what if we started charging for all the free labor we did? Would we still get as easily distracted by all the things that we are asked to do where there's a need and we meet that need and we rush in to do it? It is a matter of looking at what our time is worth. Our time on earth is limited. The distractions, however, are not. The excuses not to do something are also not limited. I'm not saying that taking care of others, especially small children, which, let's face it, we called them into this world. I'm not saying those aren't valuable callings. And maybe it is your calling to have many children who will all make this world a better place. That too is a mission. I'm not saying that can't be one. For me, not so much, which is probably why I only had one. (laughs) But to sort of look at what is our time worth, our limited time here, and to ask the hypothetical question, what would we charge for giving someone a week of our lives? Would we even do it? And how valuable would that be? I came to this question by listening to another podcast here in Germany, actually, really, really cool one by a guy called Veit Lindau. And I thought that was such a brilliant question. What would you charge for giving that one week? And what would that week be worth if you're doing caretaking work, if you're writing a book, if you are traveling? Would the worth change? And would the way you place your priorities change, depending on now having given this thing a financial character, if you will? So just beginning to understand that our love 
and labor that we give is very, very valuable, not to put a price on love. But we do do these things out of love, don't we? So I think there is a way that we should be maneuvering our own purpose, our own calling, and the love we give, the labor that we deliver, and the value we bring to this world. And I just think it's interesting that we won't waste other people's time deliberately. We would never do that. Would you waste somebody's time deliberately? Okay, some of us do. I know I talk a lot, so maybe I already, (laughs) maybe I do waste people's time a lot. But I don't do it deliberately. I just always feel like I got something to say. Hey, I got a podcast and nobody's contradicting me in my podcast. So that's a whole other choice in and of itself. But we wouldn't do it. But we're so willing to waste our own time. I mean, don't get me started on how much time I've wasted on relationships that from the onset were clearly not going to go anywhere. But those are experiences. And some of them I took away a lot of learning. Others were like, did I really need to repeat that thing? But to just really look at not wasting our own time and not to compare, okay, I waste mine, but not theirs, or I'll waste a little bit of theirs, but not mine. It's not an equation. But to understand that we don't take our own time, our own purpose, and the way we expend our energy seriously enough. We don't value it enough a lot of times. I know younger generations of women are getting better at this. Thank God for you. But the truth is, We could get better at this. We could be better at not wasting our own time for other people, for other people's dreams. And that brings me to another choice that I very recently only started making. And again, I think younger women are excelling at this much more, is to understand when are we working for somebody and when are we working with them? And does the difference mean something to me? And lately I've realized it absolutely does. I don't want to work for somebody else anymore. I don't want to work to visualize, more importantly, to realize somebody else's dream. But if I do decide to work for somebody else, it's because I have put myself at the service of a greater mission. However, because we women like to run into this risk, not losing myself due to a bigger picture a greater need, some volunteer work that is really, really important. And there is a lot, a lot that needs to be helped and done. But understand that working for somebody is very different from working with somebody. And within that difference, there's a chance to see the value of our own labor and to not be distracted by other people's dreams and missions and needs. So again, within the labor, within the work and employment context, don't get too distracted. And I really tell myself this too. Don't get too distracted by all the other things people need. Oh, this person has too much of a workload. They're like, hey, Riccardi, can you do it? No, in fact, I can't because you know what? My own projects are not going to get done if I take on yours as well. And being very economical and very strict about how I want to work with people, for people, in a team, or by myself. And something that is very difficult for us within that scenario is that we, as women, I think, I'm going to go ahead and conjecture and assume that, we're a little bit more able to empathize. This, again, is our greatest strength. This is mother energy, female energy. I shouldn't even put it into women and men so much. I'm still trying to get my wrap my brain around the new semantics, which are much more helpful, which is 
female energy and male energy. So female energy is very able to empathize. It also is often much more able to empathize with others, with other people's needs than it is at empathizing with ourselves. And I know we talk a lot about self-love these days, especially in the West. I sometimes feel it's very self-indulgent, the language and the way it's being done now. But I also try to understand where I'm being too strict. Maybe this isn't self-indulgent at all. And I think the latter is true, that if we become more aware of where we need to empathize with ourselves, where we are overworked and underpaid, overchallenged and underappreciated, that we need to step in with a voice that is very loving and not reprimanding and not censoring and to be emphatic for ourselves, to be our own best advocates. And I actually picked up a postcard the other day. It was so funny. And it says, there are 7.5 billion people roughly in the world. And out of all these people, you are my favorite person. And I was going to, (laughs) I hope he forgives me, I was going to give this postcard to the bow. And this one was dedicated to him, but then I put it on my whiteboard. I looked at it for a day or two, and I thought, you know what? I'm keeping this for myself. I need this reminder. I'm my favorite person, or at least if I don't feel that way today, and many days maybe we don't, I'm going to work to be my favorite person. I'm going to work to be interested in myself and where I want to go and how that then, as a result, can be of a service to others. And lastly, and this one I love very, very much, is to cultivate, if we don't feel it yet, and I know a lot of us are waking up and we are feeling it more and more every day, but to cultivate our own power. What does that mean? To me, that always felt like a very abstract thing. How am I supposed to cultivate power when I don't feel powerful, when I don't feel strong today or a couple of weeks, months, maybe years even? But the truth is, nobody is born completely devout of power. And as women, we have a very special kind of power. I've alluded to it in many ways during this episode today. As mothers, not just of human babies, by the way, but of projects, of causes, whatever it is. But as female energy, we have power and it's time we call it back to us. And if you don't feel that there is a way for you to do that, to get very concrete about it, One thing I found was a sort of actionable step for me is to literally close my eyes or keep them open if that's not comfortable and feel like I'm pulling plugs back out from places where there no longer is energy, where there is no electric current, or if there is, it's not flowing entirely in a positive way for me. Again, I'm not advocating selfish behavior. What I'm advocating is bundling the energy, the power that we by nature embody and that we by nature should be tapping into all the time. So imagine pulling out these plugs, pulling these cables away from where they are currently stuck and having that electric current, that power, that energy flow back to us. And only when we feel recharged, when we feel charged, do we then step back out into society, into our families, into our causes, our work, and give from a place of full power. So all you powerful people out there, I hope there was something inspiring here for you today. I hope that each day we wake up to the power that we have and that we stop dispersing and fragmenting this power by getting distracted by everybody else's needs and by everybody else's dreams and missions and to really rein it back in and focus on what it is we can do to really make a difference in our own lives and as a result 
in those of others. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, I'd be so happy to hear from you. My email is bitchbreathe at gmail.com. The I in bitch is a number one. And also, if you'd like to rate and comment on the podcast, please do so wherever you obtain it. And I look forward to hearing from you. Sending lots of love. <laughs>